0: You are now listening to the Unscripted Podcast with host Nicholas J. Barlow and co-host Luke Baker.
1: Hello. Hi. Right, I'll just introduce you to the people and then we'll get into it. Um, Right. Welcome to the unscripted podcast, unscripted, unedited and undecided. Today we have otherwise known as Makeup. Um, Of course, if you want to find him on the internet, you need to type in Makeup Makes Music um, with no spaces. Uh, We'll get into that a bit sooner. But uh, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. you. I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, I mean... For some reason, I'm quite tired today, even though I've done next to nothing. Uh, uh, I don't. Know. Everyone has them. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to today?
0: Uh, house hunting in London, which is soul destroying. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, I can imagine it. I can imagine it. Um, so, uh, to the people who don't know, uh, who are you? What do you do? What What are you in a sense?
0: Um. I am an aspiring musician, singer, songwriter, kind of person. Um, I was a student at Coventry, studying politics, and that's now finished. And so now I'm very unemployed, um, and I'm trying very hard to never get a proper job, which has been my sort of tagline for all my other things because that's the sort of goal is to be able to make a living off music.
1: Yeah, Um uh, I mean, from what I've listened of your discography, um, uh, I mean that the I believe your discography goes off uh, the idea of uh, quality over quantity um, at the moment. Um, yeah, because a lot of the songs are very, very good in my humble opinion. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, and of course that you, I'm trying to think how many there are released five. Five on public release. Three, three. Oh, okay. Three, wow. and then oh, yeah. well,
0: it's five on. There's a couple on SoundCloud, but on Spotify and and the big ones, it's just three, I think.
1: Yeah, just three on the on Spotify, and then you've got another two or three on YouTube and SoundCloud. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of proper yeah. release, okay.
0: So that's it's just three.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. Right. First question. Um, how, did you, uh, how did you get into music and what, what inspired you to start doing it as um, a job or trying to do it as a job?
0: That's a really good question and I never know the answer because I don't really remember a particular moment where it was just like, bang, I, I want to do that. Um, I think I'd always been sort of interested in the idea of being a musician and stuff because I've always been into music. Um, from as early as I can remember. My mum was very musical, so she made me do music and stuff like that. But um the idea of like writing my own songs and, and stuff like that, I, I really can't remember like a certain moment. It just sort of gradually happened, and then I sort of wrote the odd song here or there, and then they started getting a little bit better. And and then now here we are now and it's what I want to do.
1: Wow. Wow. I mean the the songs that you have written um, they've touched on I mean to me they touch on a mix of uh, relationships and relationship problems and then linking that to various different types of hang-ups that a person may have um, yeah mm. yeah they they're mo a lot of them are sort of relationship
0: based and um sort of other uh, some of them aren't actually some of them are just sort of some stuff that i've seen or something that my friend has told me so say if one of my mates is having relationship problems i will shamelessly take that and make that into a song um it's um kind of just the world around me and and stuff like that it's hard to say where inspiration really comes from a lot of the time it's from say i'll listen to a song and be like wow that was a really good song i'll hope i can write something like that and then i'll try and write something in the same vein um which is just quite a good creative exercise but also ends up making decent songs i hope
1: anyway i mean the the songs that you've got uh, released at the moment are quite good um what uh, you you said that your mom was quite musical, or your mom is quite musical? She isn't dead to my knowledge. No, um, yeah, it's, what, it's very musical. Uh, yeah. So what what does she do? And um, yeah, how did she inspire you?
0: Oh, she's she's a teacher um, at Oxford Uni, um, but then also she plays like violin and a little bit of piano, and she's always sort of had a very musical brain and played loads of like quartets and classical stuff and so when i was like four she made me play the cello and then when i got a bit older i found the bass guitar and then i gave up the cello went on to the bass guitar and then that progressed on to normal guitar and then yeah now we're here but it was sort of really her being like you have to learn a musical instrument and stick with it which i'm very grateful
1: okay for. yeah so do you? So you started learning the cello when you were about five, did you say?
0: Yeah, quite early on,
1: yeah. And when did you move on to the bass guitar?
0: When I was about fourteen, I think.
1: Fourteen. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, so you you um, you agree with your mom about the fact that you should stick with a, an instrument that you learn. Do you feel that starting at a young age helped or hindered the musical process?
0: I think it helped a lot because it sort of got me used to the idea of sort of just playing, playing from sheet music, for example. I know a tiny bit of music theory from that. Um, but it's also just sort of the experience of playing music and stuff. It introduces you to that and sort of picking up a new skill, sticking at it, getting better. And sort of proving that practice does work i think also helped
1: okay okay and then transferring yeah, because,
0: that
1: over. yeah because of course you you're aware of the the debate around um the idea of starting them young when it comes to almost forcing children to learn musical instruments and then the like like the sides of whether you should force them or whether you should be quite laissez-faire and allow them to l- choose to learn if that makes
0: I, sense i think with children you have to give them a little bit of a push because otherwise they'll go oh this is boring i want to go play football or something like that unless they like and you have to push them past that point um i mean sometimes some people just never do some people are like yeah i learned the piano when i was six and then hated it and stopped but some people will be like um I hated it for a bit and then I actually got into it again or picked it up later because I know a lot of people that used to play or learn when they were younger now regret not being able to play it um, now that they're older. So I think pushing pushing them is a good thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of go into that box because when, I mean, I didn't really learn an instrument when I was five or six. Mm. But of course, at the start of school I um, like you have the option to learn an instrument so I thought let's go for piano obviously that one's going to be easy <laughs> um, and I, I I, attempted learning that for a solid what was it year or two and the only reason why I started to resent it and the reason why I stopped learning in inverted commas was because um, I had a teacher which was Same piece of music over and over and over and over again. I think that's absolutely
0: that's a big part of it. Is having a decent teacher, and I think I've been I've been really lucky, and I've had a really really good teacher the whole time. So that was kind of pushed me to keep going because I just I got on well with him, and I wanted to keep. But I basically wanted to impress him, and so I just like pushed myself quite hard.
1: Okay, so. What kind of teacher did you have? What was the change in like learning style and whatever? Um,
0: it's really hard to describe. It's just he he didn't force you to do anything that you weren't like enjoying, and um, he had quite a good skill for sort of picking songs that were fun, but also taught you like a range of new techniques and stuff like that.
1: Okay. Okay so it wasn't the kind of thing where you were just taught to learn scales and repeat them or taught to learn one song you would learn what you want and then go from there?
0: No no it was more like here's about three songs we're going to work through each one um and then you'll notice that you've picked up about three new skills via doing those songs and then also obviously like scales and stuff were important and I'm I'm never going to say they're not but it was sort of almost disguised more than anything.
1: Okay. Okay. So yeah. Using, using the songs as a technique to learn the various techniques. Yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense. Um, so going down the vein of musical inspiration again, um, who are your like musical inspirations that are big or small in the music industry? Uh, that's a
0: good question. I, 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 Disagree with anyone saying I've got one complete favorite artist because I I feel like you're not listening to enough music if that's your way of thinking. Um, But sort of from big ones, I'm a massive fan of like Freddie Mercury, Bowie, people like that. From a guitarist point of view, B.B. King is one that sticks out a lot. Um, uh, Cab Calloway as well, just because I love his songs. Um, but then, on smaller scale, one that I've been watching a lot is Ren, which you know as well. He's incredible.
1: Yeah, I um, mean, Ren. Ren is one of the like. He's one of the musicians that is quite small scale, but big at the same time. That I feel he's
0: got an incredibly loyal
1: base. Yeah, which I think is
0: yeah. is really good.
1: Yeah, he'll definitely go far, um, and it feels like it's only really just the start.
0: Yeah. Well, I've I've already found myself, like, emulating a lot of the stuff that he does in his music, because I think it's just so cool. Um, Which I don't know if you're allowed to do that. I thought it was, I don't know. You're only allowed to emulate people that are big. I (laughs) I don't know what the rules are.
1: Yeah, uh, there there are no rules in in a creative industry, which is which yeah, uh, is good. Um, apart from, of course, the standard copyright issue, which um, that's a that's a fun thing to talk about. But I don't know whether you'd want to. <laughs> uh, I
0: don't know. Copyright's a weird one because it's it's when you've got people trying to copyright chord progressions and stuff. you are like, oh, every song yeah. in the charts is made up of the same four chords. Like, <clears throat> you can't do that. And then copywriting melodies. I think copywriting melodies is fair, but um, copywriting, say, concepts is silly. But it's it's just such a gray area, and and the rules behind it are so scary. Because if one, like, say, major label gets, like, sets a precedent for copywriting a certain tune or chord progression or something like that, that sets a precedent for, like, basically any sort of creative license with something old just becomes null and void and it all comes crashing down which would be sad but I don't think that's ever going to happen
1: yeah I mean the oh, thing is we... up, right? <laughs> no, no I, I I, completely agree to be honest like copyright is to an extent it, it needs to be changed to fit the modern world um, mm. because <clears throat> I, I, I can't tell you the exact life life frame of copyright when it comes to songs but i'm aware that it is in some ways too long but also some ways too short because it varies uh,
0: country to country
1: yeah yeah um yeah i mean in the in the english countries i.e., like america and the uk and the other former colonies um but those areas i'm pretty sure it's like 60 or 65 years it's that but then
0: after the death of the artist
1: yeah yeah um and the thing is with those kind of rules it's the kind of thing that it makes the artist who is quite small have to like work at it and if they do get a one one hit wonder that can almost guarantee that that can almost be their pension scheme as it were But then you've got Mm. the bigger artists, which will have tons of hits and hits and hits. And then you, okay, um, you're a liberal thinker, but are you going to be holistic with the money? Are you going to give it out or are you going to keep it? Um, Which is the kind of thing that we're seeing with Ed Sheeran and those kind of musicians where you're wondering what will they do with their huge amount of wealth?
0: Well, I don't think that's necessarily related to copyright though that's more a sort of that's just a wealth in itself issue isn't it more than copyright yeah, yeah. unless they're profiting off yeah. say trademarking say ed sheeran trademarked the shape of you bit which obviously he's not going to be able to do but say he did that then then there'd be a bit more of an issue because then people trademark say do you know the lick from jazz
1: Say
0: that again. The lick, the sort of goes, it's like a really like one of the most common note progression. Oh yeah, 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 that. Yeah. So say someone copyrighted that, that's like so many songs use it. It's silly. So that would be stupid. But I don't think necessarily saying if an artist get makes loads of money out of their work, they should necessarily put it all back into the industry, or at least not on a copyright basis. That's more of a societal basis.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which then, then that turns it into the mm-hmm. political thing and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I like think you're... if you're
0: gonna go after rich people, you should go after the big sort of corporations and and stuff like that. Because I don't think an artist is necessarily exploiting
1: the labor of others. No, no, they it's... they they just. What they do, the um, wealth—the the
0: wealth that they create is very much their own. If anything, they're still getting screwed because you've got like labels and and um, managers. Well, managers do a fair bit, but like agents and stuff like that that take silly commissions.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I, I know that there, there's a, um, a live agent company. Um, I won't mention them, but I'm sure someone that i know got offered a deal where it was 10 percent for the artist and 90 percent for the for the um live agent and then you think okay how the hell are they supposed to create more with just 10 percent of their earnings if they're mm. a small, small artist to begin with yeah
0: um, but then if you're big imagine how infuriating that must be like not not that you necessarily need the money because you've got that big anyway but if you look at like what you could be earning. and you're, you're making all this money for like some guy that's probably never touched a piano in his life. Yeah. Yeah. So that can really be really annoying. Yeah. Um, but then that becomes that's I mean, a whole political issue as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk politics or whether you want to steer away from it.
0: <laughs> uh, depends what it's on. I don't know what I'm qualified to talk about. That's the problem.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, even even though you said it at the start of the interview, and I've known you for a bit of time, you you've studied politics, so you know more than me, in some essays. Yeah, um, but of course, the I, educated. I know it enough you... to basically
0: stay away from it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the truth. I mean, so, someone asked me whether whether I wanted to become. A politician, or they said that I should have should should have gone into politics, or should go into politics. No. And my, my my comeback to that is why why would he why would I be that stupid to go into a job where I know that everyone will hate me? Uh... <laughs> I think it it requires a I I'm saying
0: this as a musician sounds really hypocritical, but it's it requires a certain level of narcissism to think that you could run the run the country.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Not what you want in a leader, ironically.
1: Yeah, you you almost want the leader to be a a common man, but it's very hard for the leader to be a common man if they are educated and very educated and went to a public school and whatever. Yeah, Um, Bit of a paradox. The right
0: person for the job never wants the job in the first place.
1: Yeah, because they're they they're almost ignorant at the f- ignorance of the fact that they are very uh, pragmatic in their beliefs, but um, they they uh, they are knowledgeable enough to know that they shouldn't be running the country because they are to other things as well. It's that mm-hmm. kind of yeah weird yeah, yeah. I say paradox. Um what are your thoughts on like the whole thing with the covid-19 stuff what what are your yeah what are your thoughts from observing it in your position um well
0: i've just been sat inside the whole time so i haven't had to i haven't had it i know a couple of people that have um it doesn't sound fun i'm very much of the opinion that the government have handled it badly i don't think that's too controversial to say um but i think it's it's a tricky one um i'm i'm not yeah i'm all for wearing masks and stuff like that because i think people people running around going like ah you can't wear a mask it's not very nice you just sort of like shut up it's literally for your safety i think the people treating lockdown and everything is sort of um it feels a lot like when a teacher gives a class a timeout or something like that when you're in primary school and everyone gets annoyed at the teacher, but they don't really understand that it's been done for, like, the benefit of everyone else. I don't yeah, know if that makes I
1: mean, sense. when... Oh, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, when uh, Boris Johnson initially set us into lockdown after having about a week of stringent measures, yeah, it, it did feel like... It was coming because you did see loads of people flaunt the rules that were put in place, mm. or fla- flaunt the rules even that were put in place, and then it definitely did feel like a uh, head teacher or whatever just the attention tension, because it was the right thing to do. But almost everyone that is disagreeing with the idea of wearing masks or the idea of the lockdown. They are acting like children because they don't realise it. W- it will benefit them in the long t- long term because it's yeah. a lesson that needs to be learned. Um, and even if it is through a bit of nudging, to put it lightly.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's tricky. It's a tricky one. Also, no one really knows the severity of it or anything like that. I'm, to be honest, I'm just inclined to listen to whatever the WHO says and just do what i'm told basically because i want yeah. i'm desperate for gigs to come back like, that, oh, needs, yeah. that needs to happen um and it's sort of it's it's sad that it took loads and loads of sort of public outcry for um venues and stuff to get that what was it one point something billion care package but it was like
1: yeah one 1. 1.4 or 1.2 billion yeah i
0: think i thought it was just way 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 too late and it's like you've got a cabinet that's so out of touch that they just don't understand the way that this country's like the industries like the entertainment one works and they think ah oh, it's just some lovies lovey's on broadway doing plays and pretending to be other people They don't realize it's like billions of pounds industry
1: yeah I mean, the, the thing is, the arts is half of the tourism industry in the UK and mm. the world. And the, well, people the arts industry apparently...
0: in the UK is like the one, one thing we explore that isn't like colonialism. Yeah. It's the one yeah. part of like English culture that's not awful.
1: <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. Um, uh, yeah. Very, very true. Um, The thing is, like, it, regardless of whether it was 1.2 or 1.4 billion, I'm in the decision that, yes, that's a good thing, isn't really enough. No. Um, because <clears throat> the government that has been in power for the past 10, 12 years, even though you did have the recession in 2008, which, granted, didn't help, the arts have been severely underfunded since then.
0: Yeah. No, this, I agree.
1: This only feels like they're just putting a plaster on a open wound that yeah, needs but... plastic surgery.
0: Mm. Yeah, and it's constantly like it's just, it's the problem with politics and five year terms and stuff like that. It's all short term policies to keep you just tied you over to the next election.
1: Yeah. It's a silencing mechanism in all honesty. like the kind of thing where mm. we we'll keep the people happy by saying this rule will be implemented just just after turns over and then yeah. the next government can take it out and keep the country mm. standard. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And, I mean, you wonder about the politics when you do have the kind of things with the... The LGBT rights and the the abortion thing and things like that, regardless of your opinion, you can see that the way that the country is run or the countries in the UK are run, and see that there are obvi- there are obviously obvious problems with the fact that things like like abortion in Northern Ireland were only legalized last year.
0: Yeah, it's it's sort of I think that's a part of growing up. Actually, you realise everything's awful, and sort of as you grow up, the illusion of When you're a kid where you're sort of like told everything's kind of fine. You grow up and you're like, oh, wait, no, it's not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is why most people like probably most people after 20, maybe even just after 16, that they all say school days were the best, regardless of what time they grew up in, because they didn't have to deal with the shit that goes on in modern day life
0: uh yeah i agree to that to an extent i wouldn't say school days were the best i'd say it's what
1: What days would you say
0: oh i'd say right now i like being i think right now when i've finished my uni degree and i've got a bit more sort of independence and can sort of start going off into the world but then that i don't know that might just be me being naive
1: yeah, I mean, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, is it? Yeah, uh, I've I've seen so many people on Twitter, Facebook, and wherever just being that they're, they're using hindsight to try and mold their arguments around, and then you think, does it really have any basis when everyone was not was being or didn't know or whatever? It's. I, this is a very bad example, but it's almost the the Jimmy Savile kind of thing, where you kind of think, yes, we know it's bad now, but during the time, we didn't realise, so what do we...
0: Do? Uh, I don't know. I don't know enough about that to sort of weigh in, I don't think. Because it's the whole, like, who knew? Because he's like big nonce, obviously. But then you've got you've got to wonder, like, surely people quite high up knew about it and they did nothing.
1: Yeah, and it was yeah. only
0: after he died that they sort of did anything.
1: Yeah, which I mean, a, a weird link, but in the in the creative industry, um, especially what let's let's say like thirty years ago and even presently,
0: present day, it's still enough. pretty bad.
1: Yeah, you, like, you've, you've got, got the
0: stories, your... but present day you still got people like every other day i think someone um the drummer from swimmers has just been accused of being pretty dodgy that was like two days yeah. ago
1: yeah i think it was like I, I believe he he or she i don't know the bands that well but i'm pretty sure the drummer has been accused of having a relationship or something like that with a. 16, yeah, I
0: was, I was. just reading about it today, and it was like she was sixteen and he was twenty-two. Yeah, you saw sort of like, mate, you're a drummer of quite a like up, good upcoming band. Like, surely, surely, there's some twenty-two-year-old that wants to get with you as well. Like, oh,
1: yeah, yeah. It 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 almost as if the people that do that. They do shoot themselves in the foot in, to some extent, but also, it's, they need help. Um, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, but I think it also just comes from a place of insane sort of privilege and ignorance. Just be like, ah, no, it's fine. No one's no one's gonna get me in trouble because all my friends are protecting me and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, that happens with almost every pedophile and whatever in the high lines. It's it's all either covered up or it's PR'd, like, think that it isn't happening or whatever.
0: Well, Um, luckily those walls are coming down now, which is good to see.
1: Yeah, Yeah. of course, you don't want to confuse that with a conspiracy theory mindset, if that makes sense. Because what I'm saying is what a lot of conspiracy theorists use their theories. Um, Yeah, as in Mm. the idea that it's covered up and whatever, which does annoy me to some extent, especially during this time. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. so, I mean, if I if I might change the conversation topic slightly because dude, we're, dude. we're going a bit, <laughs> a, bit a, a bit um and deep at the moment. We're quite so, left field. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's go for a, a very very peculiar question. Um, would you rather? Would you rather? I'm sure you saw this on someone's someone well known story, but I'll ask you this question anyway. Uh, would you rather? fight um a hundred uh <laughs> yeah yeah you you know you know a uh, hundred duck-sized humans no wait Horses. yes a sized humans or or a or a, a a human-sized duck or whatever you know the paradox
0: um duck-sized humans always yeah. always go for the smaller things you just punt them
1: yeah or I mean, yeah, no, yeah, no problem big... at all. You can yeah. just step on them, I just mean... squish. Yeah, <laughs> like ants that you just like. Yep, you're going goodbye. Yeah, um, there's not a lot a duck-sized
0: human could do to you, whereas a human-sized duck is yeah. is a very big duck.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, it would almost make you go quackers.
0: That's horrendous. Oh, yeah. That is awful.
1: Oh, that's the idea. That's the idea. We we, we need to. We need some very bad uh, <laughs> light comedy. <laughs> um, uh, oh, let me no. let me think. Of. What? Hmm? You 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 just said. Oh no. <laughs>
0: yeah, because I'm pitying your joke.
1: Oh, okay. I I agree. I agree. I'm sure anyone listening will agree with that that was a terrible joke um but oh uh at least it at least it made us change the conversation topics very true very Um, true uh yeah um so going back into your music um anyone that has listened to your music that hopefully is listening to this podcast especially this far into the episode um what what is what is the brief meaning around the three songs which are public publicly released? Um yeah. Well, I'll
0: put a spell on you as a cover. Um because yeah. I don't know why I decided to do that as a cover. I just sort of was like one day. I think it was I was playing around with like string strings and stuff like that, and I just wanted to see what what I could do. And I'm quite proud of how it came out actually. Um then Everybody Wants to Be in Love, I wrote after watching, you know, Daniel Sloss's Jigsaw, a comedy special uh, on Netflix.
1: Very, very vaguely. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so that was around, he, he sort of did it around the sort of the idea that everybody's searching, searching for a soulmate, whether it's, whether it's a good idea to have one or not, and whether it's we sort of end up picking the person that is easiest rather than right kind of thing. And it was trying to say basically, yeah. like you, you, everyone wants to wants to be it because it's sort of a sense of security rather than actually being in love, which I think is a, is a key difference you have to notice. Yeah, and then um, happy was more uh, about sort of, especially in my first first year with uni. You sort of it's the first time. Your eyes are sort of open to the world of like drugs and and fun stuff like that, um, and it's basically how everyone sort of. I think I saw it from the idea of chasing dopamine was. Um, someone tweeted something about how we're just bags of flesh chasing dopamine the whole our whole lives, and and it was sort of more like um, how people people just want to be happy instead of do basically anything to get it. And then there's other bits inside it of like, sort of the consequences of that search for happiness. So it's more about trying to find the balance than anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, with going on the dopamine thing, it is very true uh, because at the end of it, like regardless of your religion or your belief in this, in your current state, all you want to have is happiness and have contentment, And of course when you're young and uh, sometimes older, you seek it through the material things, be that actual material things or ingestible substances, which do actually make you (laughs) high.
0: Yeah, exactly. And sort of the, the chase and stuff like that. But then also I quite... I, I also really enjoy writing songs that sound happy but are actually quite dark as well.
1: Yeah, I mean the 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 song that isn't put up on your Spotify, to my knowledge, uh, "Pretty Boys and Broken Hearts."
0: That one, exclusive. Uh, depending on when this is coming, this comes out, that will be out in like maybe a week. It might already be out. It might be two weeks. It might be two. I don't know, but that one's coming soon.
1: Okay okay I mean I I'm going to voice what I mm-hmm. and then you can tell whether it's right or wrong you'll from never you'll
0: never ever guess why I wrote it or what it's about I can tell from, you
1: from because it's weird from, listen, from, from listening to it it could just be a massive extended metaphor for something else but from listening to it and from looking at what I lyrics after writing some stuff down um i think it's about like sexual abuse um but i don't know what it's linking to uh that's my opinion
0: okay um it's kind of like that it's about basically um it was i was on tinder and i matched with a girl and then I was like, why are you on Tinder? And then she said, basically, I'm only here because I'm waiting for this other guy to come back to me after he, like, quite obviously just gone, I'm not interested. I'm going away on a lad's holiday and I don't want a girlfriend. And then she was basically wow. like, yeah, I'm just here waiting. And so I wrote, I wrote, it's very literal. And it's more about just sort of how, unfortunately, sometimes you get trapped with, with the wrong person and you wait and you don't sort of get out quick enough. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: Quite, a, quite a sobering tale.
0: It, yeah. It was kind of sad when I heard that. I was like, oh, that's depressing. Um, but also might not pursue that in a, in a, yeah. in the live sense. But that, then I wrote the song because I thought it was quite a cool, well, not cool. It's not, it's not fun at all, but yeah, um, it was. It allowed me to sort of experiment with maybe like storytelling via via the song.
1: It yeah, helps it I mean,
0: quite catchy.
1: Yeah, it, it it's it's a, an incredibly catchy and upbeat song for something that's quite dark, which I do like um, a lot. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, it's, it's just quite quite a sad story yeah yeah i mean it's what it's one of the reasons why um why i kind of got into your music even though i got introduced to your music through uh my through my co-host which isn't uh which can't be here today um but your music it, it, regardless of the song apart from the cover of course it is using an upbeat idea to portray things which wouldn't normally be upbeat, as it were. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I do like um, a lot, and I'm sure anyone listening to this would like if they haven't already listened to your stuff.
0: I think they should. If they haven't listened to it, they should go and stream stream it and make playlists out of it and leave them on repeat because it gets me streams.
1: love <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah actually you you've just you just made my life quite easy because um i'm going to ask you uh, one final question which i think will be very simple to answer mm-hmm. uh what what have you got coming up in the future uh from when this podcast comes out
0: uh well i just said it's it's pretty boys and broken hearts is is coming out soon i don't know when but soon um and I'm trying to write an EP. Well, not write, but record an EP, which isn't no particular theme to it. It's just a collection of songs that I've written and, and think are cool. And then I'm going to try and make them into, into sort of a body of work that's a bit more comp- comprehensive than a couple of singles. Um, so yeah. that will be I don't know, hopefully by the end of the year, but you never know.
1: We'll, we'll see we'll see what the time brings us, of course. Yeah.
0: Um, I've got a lot yeah. more. I don't really have any excuses now. I've got nothing else to do apart from work on it. So it should be soon.
1: Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I'm sure anyone that's been listening to this avidly should uh, keep you accountable. I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, so I will ask you now um have you got anything that you want to plug i know you said streamer music but is there anything else
0: <laughs> streamer music and follow me on instagram be the main two
1: okay. M-
0: makeup makes musical one word um and uh, subscribe to my youtube channel through. that's the same same th- same thing but most mostly stream streamer tunes
1: yeah and uh every ev- all the Links that we've spoken about will be in the description for this podcast, yeah. and you can message me to get them if you need to. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you for coming on, uh, Matt. Uh, Sweet,
0: yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, all makeup makes music, um, uh, if you want to be known by that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, this has been the unscripted podcast with Makeup Makes Music um have a great day and try not to die this has been (laughs) unscripted unedited and undecided thank you for listening